In this episode, we sit down with Sam Calda. He's an illustrator and cat fancier based in the Greenpoint area of Brooklyn, New York. He was born and raised in good old South Dakota, which sounds way more exotic than it actually is. As for education, Sam received a BFA in painting at SUNY Purchase College. He went on to study at the Norfolk Summer School of Art and most recently received an MFA at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Some of the notable clients that Sam has worked with are the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Pentagram, West Elm, Vogue.com, and many, many more. A personal project and editorial work that he has been super excited about is Sam was the author and illustrator of the recent book of Cats and Men, published by the great 10 Speed Press in April 2017. Please enjoy our chat with Sam Calda. How did you get started with your, your illustration work and your art practice as a whole? So I got started making work um, as a kid. I was, uh, you know, painting, drawing, yada, yada, and um, majored in painting in college and, you know, was out in um, Westchester for college at uh, Purchase College and then um, worked on a documentary for a while uh, after undergrad and then sort of missed drawing. I missed storytelling in a way. I documentary is storytelling but I didn't love working in film so uh, I went back to school for my MFA and from there I just started freelancing doing illustration work and you know with the consistency of that practice I think um, improved my discipline in the studio in a lot of ways so from there you know I um, continued to paint and um you know, recently I've also started exploring textiles as well. How, for a lot of people um, making the jump to freelance, how did you get those first few, those first few clients are always, those projects are always the toughest. How did you land right. those initial ones? So, you know, they are disappearing even in the, you know, at a more intense rate than they were five years ago. But, you know, alternative weeklies um like well village voice was technically one but chicago reader portland mercury all of these different mm-hmm. local boston um, phoenix boston phoenix yeah these like mm-hmm. local indie um weeklies give a lot of people their first jobs so that i my work was not that great but i had a consistent enough portfolio where they gave me a chance and the money wasn't good but it was really exciting to see work in print for the first time and you really learn a lot that way of just, I kind of dove in while I was still in school and, you know, was able to, you know, get early jobs, figuring, figuring it out. And I'm still trying to figure it out in yeah, a way. We all are. And that yeah. was during grad school, right? Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. Um, right. Um, so what is, um, um, how'd you, how'd you, how did you get involved with, with Cloven Creek and, in particular, I had met both Scott and Michael um, through a mutual friend. I, I, for years, worked at the Noguchi Museum, mm-hmm. and a colleague of mine, Liz, um, knew both of them. I met Scott at the gutter bowling for her birthday oh. years ago, mm-hmm. and then I Great was spot. what? Great spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then 
last July, I was upstate um, going to Phoenicia for the 4th to go to a friend's house. And I was in their shop with my husband. I knew they had opened up the store via Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I started talking to them. That's great. Um, so you, and they and they started, you know, carrying your prints and... Yeah, so Scott, well, Scott, I guess, had been following my work on Instagram. And, you know, we had, like, um, like I said, a mutual friend. So he was aware of what I had been up to. I was aware of, like, you know, the shop uh, and this, like, you know, lovely selection of beautiful things. And so, yeah, we just started talking about working together. Yeah, awesome. Um, How do you see that connection between... um the city and, and upstate where it's kind of the, the country and, and the, um, the urban, um, a lot more people from Brooklyn are kind of making the move up, up there. Mm-hmm. Um, does that influence any of your work any of your peers? Um, how do you see that? Um, it, in terms of influencing, you know, this relationship between upstate and the city, I really only know as someone from the city who goes upstate to either visit friends or, you know, go up there during the fall mm-hmm. or um, to maybe see shows. Uh, uh, but I think people I know who have moved upstate um, from the city, it, you know, affords them more space and, um you know, I think a calmer atmosphere for making work. I think particularly if you are doing, you are working larger or you just kind of um, want to experiment a bit more. I think being upstate is great for that. Yeah. And it's physical space and just mental, mental space. Yeah, there is. um, And it is very necessary, I think, to have those, you know, uh, to have that kind of, uh, space um to make work and i think the landscape is beautiful and i think it inspires people yeah especially the fall foliage right yeah <laughs> we're, we're yeah right in the middle leafers of yeah <laughs> um cloven creek's uh fostered and cultivated uh, a very strong sense of community at the shop amongst the makers and who they stock but also customers what is what does community um you know mean to you well Community for me is um, not a monolithic thing. I think I'm, you know, it's tricky because I often, you know, you want to give like concrete answers about things that are very direct. And I think with something like community, it's a bit more searching in a way. If when I think about community, I think about my group of friends like a like non-digital real social um uh network in a way um i think about the community of artists and makers that i know um and whose work inspires me uh and um and i think about my family and i think about uh people i grew up with who've known me since i was a kid and those kind of spheres you know are all kind of work together and it's a dynamic system, but it's definitely, um, it's hard for me to pin down as, you know, uh, and reduce it in, in any kind of way. Yeah. 
they they overlap. They overlap. Times, it changes. But, you know, like yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of you know family and, and growing up, you grew up in South Dakota. How does that? Um, you've been in in New York for ten plus years mm-hmm. at this point. Um, does growing up in the Midwest um, still influence your work, or do you draw inspiration from South I, Dakota? So being from South Dakota, yeah, I've I'm originally from South Dakota. Um, I came out here for college and have been out here ever since. I was going to school in Westchester, so not quite upstate, mm-hmm. but um, quasi-upstate, quasi-city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Westchester. I guess that's all it is. Um, and I don't know if I can directly point to, you know, X and Y as being influential, you know, uh, in my work, um, you know, I can't directly point to ways that growing up in South Dakota inspired my work. I do think I still, like, I love going home. I have, like, a a good community there. um, And it's great to visit. And I I think there is, um, in, you know, that area of the country, a real tradition of making things and a real tradition of craft that if I had to point to one thing, I... that is maybe what I'd point to is the, um, uh, just how common it is for people to have, you know, to make things, to quilt, to do, Mm. you know, make furniture, work in their homes. We have really long winters, so people keep busy. And I think, um, that, you know, kind of tinkering making tendency, um, has stuck with me. Hmm. And they're not doing it for, to gain more Instagram followers or for the hype, it's, it's well. Just now pure, some people are now. Some people <laughs> yeah, are, yeah. but but it's more just it's it's in their DNA. It's it's uh, yeah. It, it's not for branding or for per, you know no building up their and nor you know portfolio no. And I think that um, you know obviously before social media that was that was kind of the case anywhere. Um, uh, but no, I I think at least for my parents and for family members who are, like I said, working in quilting or needlepoint or stained glass, it's, um, it's about like a personal passion, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so one of your other networks or communities is the bakery. Yeah. Tell everyone about, um, the ba- You have a lot of, uh, cookbooks here. So <laughs> the name, the name, uh, might suggest that it's a, uh, food inspired or food centric, right. but it's it's basically a it's a co working space. It's a co working space. It so the bakery is um, a studio co working space. It's more studios now mm-hmm. than co working. Um, uh, with the wood shop in the front, and there's a gallery also uh, in the front of the building. It's a former um, bakery in South Williamsburg, hence the name. Uh, and I've been working there for. Four or five years, and um, uh, Asa and Jason, the two guys that founded the bakery, um, are friends of mine, and I've known Jason for a number of years. Um, he's, you know, one of my oldest friends from college. Nice. And is it? Um, are you guys all drawing inspiration from each other, or kind of pushing your work? You know, kind of seeking out that critical feedback and where where you can um, improve your careers and. I th- opportunities there definitely is an element 
to that kind of space that yes it's inspiring and you can connect with people and it that is great i share my space with a, another illustrator so we can look at each other's work or kind of bitch about a client mm-hmm. you know like which is that's important too yeah, you know yeah. the the venting the creative process um yeah uh Everyone's doing very different things, um, which is, you know, something I like because at the, you know, uh, it's just interesting to, you know, for a while we had a stained glass worker. There was someone briefly there who was making surfboards. We have designers, type designers, graphic designers, um, and some startup people have recently moved in. Um, someone who is like a, you know, kind of photographer, professional crafter, kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, that's neat. Um, so can you talk about um, whether it's a good or a bad client um, or a personal project, you know, non-commercial, what is what is Sam's um, creative process um, or um, new project process look like? So starting a new project... Um, Generally, I think illustration has informed my process in the sense that I have to be a lot more um, organized and um, uh, plan focused. If I'm commissioned to do a piece for the New York Times, let's say, I get an email, there's an article, you know, they give me the dimensions of the piece, they give me the timeline of when sketches are due, when the finals due, and the budget. And I have to send them sketches, usually like three concepts. They approve one. I take that to final. And um, initially when I was studying painting, I never did studies. I never did sketches beforehand. It was very kind of like wavy gravy, free flowing, you know, and the idea of having to do that much front end work was very sort of um, uh, overwhelming to me in a way. So in that sense, I um, have learned so much about um, art making through, you know, uh, about making my personal work through my professional work. When I'm working on a painting, when I'm working on a textile piece, I'm drawing out ideas beforehand, running different color scenarios, researching um, pieces and design and art time periods that correspond to it um paper ephemera that's kind of interesting that might spark something so um right you know if i'm working on a book concept and writings involved i'll just start laying out sort of the structure with post-its then turn that into a little dummy book and then start a google drive document it it varies a lot but i think i um am very concerned in the beginning with finding the structure necessary for the project mm-hmm. before begin doing the necessary research and building the foundation. Mm-hmm. Before. Yeah. And research is important to get in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself or someone to, you know, enough research, like it's time to, cause it can be death by, re- you know, you just keep, Oh yeah. It's procrastination too. You know, it can be, um, like, Sometimes I don't have time for that because, you know, the you deadline know the is tomorrow. well enough or the space well yeah. enough. Yeah. And I know the client well enough. I kind of know what's required. For my own work, it 
you know, um, that's slower. Um, and that tends to, um, come from my sketchbook in a way. Uh, and I really view my studio practice, my personal work as, um, experimentation, you know, trying out ideas, um, not necessarily placing a hierarchy on commission versus personal. Um, but I definitely see the studio scenario as a place to experiment and explore. And then, it, you know, in turn ends up feeding my commissioned work and inspiring that. Right. Um, do you have a separate name for the studio or it's just Sam, Sam, Sam called it's us me. Studio. Same. Yeah. yeah. That's what you see is what you get. Yeah. Like it. Um, what, what currently, um, inspires you like what 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 are areas um uh geographically or or topical events that that you're you're fascinated by or that are that are pushing you in your work right now hmm i don't know if i can speak to geography uh in terms of inspiration i think um for my painting work, let's say, I tend to focus on the kind of everyday is becoming more interesting to me. The um, uh, like corners of rooms, things I'll see on the street. Um, I think trying to be awake to um, different moments throughout the day that might be the germ of an idea, a larger idea. Um, I you know, tend to be inspired by, you know, books I'm reading, novels. Um, I'm a collector of art books, paper ephemera. Um, and so that I think also feeds into it, but, you know, my commission work, um, and my personal work tends to feature things that are you know, very immediate right around my apartment. Um, and I think I, um, am more and more interesting in kind of just exploring the, you know, kind of everyday marvelous, you know, um, in, you know, um, in a life, I guess. Yeah. The mundane and the, the mundane can, can be beautiful and inspiring or well. super weird, you uh-huh. know, I mean, uh-huh. um, because otherwise, you know, I think you have to start, um, uh, you know, with what you know and what your, um, you know, what's on your radar. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you know, you like in art books and paper ephemera, um, what's your kind of rapid fire question? What's your favorite book? Oh, I, um, I have no way of giving you a definitive answer for that. I think one of my favorite books I read recently, um, was The Hair with the Amber Eyes by Edmund Duvall. And it's um, this incredible narrative. He's a ceramicist, um, British ceramicist. And it's basically his family's story um, told through the objects he inherited from a great, great uncle of his. He was from an incredibly prominent, uh, wealthy banking family in um, Austria and Paris. And through the, you know, First and Second World War, um, the family, you know, anyway, his family was sort of scattered all over the place. He had family die in the Holocaust. And it's just this incredibly moving book about 
searching for your roots um, and it's through and it's told through um, objects mm. uh, and it's done it's a very beautifully written book it's all objects he inherited was he a ceramicist himself did he, he cre- and then he started creating so he specifically and he inherited um these small um jade sculpted pieces i think netsuki or it's spelled like netsuke but i heard it pronounced netsuki and they were essentially these jade carved toggles for um uh you know they're um, japanese in origin and um, they're sometimes like fornicating monks. Sometimes they're cats or squirrels. They're they're very curious objects, and you can see them, you know, in the Met or whatever. They're highly collectible. He inherited a whole kind of menagerie of these objects, and um, the hair with the amber eyes is in you know reference. The name of the book is in reference to one of these particular objects. Mm. Um, and it goes into his, you know, studying ceramics in Japan. And it, anyway, it's a I'm intrigued. Oh, you, expansive you book. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, on the drink front, uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Um, how about at night? What's your um, end of the day beverage? Well, I like beer. Okay. <laughs> um, beer, bourbon. Um, and so you got tor- Torst is the big... Uh, Yes. Beer bar around here. A tourist is big. Great um, I do like a good, like, stout. Um, and if I'm home, I'll drink tea. Okay. Chamomile at night? or No nice chamomile. I, I like... It's put, put, makes you too sleepy. Roasterama is sort of my jam. It's a celestial seasonings variety. Um, it's like a Roast chicory. Yeah. It's chicor- It's more coffee-like, which I like. Yeah, but no, no caffeine. No caffeine. Like all herbal. Yeah. Cool. Um, favorite song or favorite musician? That's also really hard. Um, song stuff. How about musician or band that you're into right now? <sighs> I um, have been into... I've been getting back into Kate Bush, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's what comes to mind right now. It really, you know, maybe gels with the, you know, misty mountains of upstate. Maybe that's kind of why it's, um, yeah, there ringing a bell for me. Um, that's a nice, nice segue to the closer. What? Um, so the show's coming up, the Clothing mm-hmm. Creek, October 7th. Um, can you give everyone kind of a little preview or, or why they should head up to... Kingston for the Sam Calda show? Well, well, I think there's a lot, you know, uh, to be, you know, perfectly frank, there's a lot else going on the weekend of the show. The show opens on October 7th. Um, I'm going to be showing um, just a bunch of um, ink drawings, works on paper, and then I have um, uh, four new botanical pieces that are sort of based on the seasons that'll be shown. Um, and those I finished like two weeks ago. Uh, so it's a nice selection of my drawing work. Um, and I think people who follow me on Instagram will have seen some of the work before. So you'll be able to see it in person. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful other stuff in the shop. We'll be having, you know, opening reception. And that's the same weekend as like field and supply and, you know, there's a, several other things going yeah. on. It's the fall. That's It'll right be down beautiful. The hill from the field and supplies at the brickyards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it, I, it'll be a fun weekend, you know, and it's the beginning of fall. It's always a beautiful time to, to be upstate. Totally. Um, but you'll be one of the attractions for the whole, sure. the whole weekend. I'll take it. You'll take it. You have a lot of cookbooks. What's your, what's your favorite uh, home meal to cook, you and your husband, and then, um, you know, kind of favorite, favorite restaurant I, um, um, around here? I actually don't cook a whole lot. No, no. Well, we, we cook, but I, um, I, I like baking. So I have a lot of baking books. Um, and that, those I do use. My publisher is, um, uh, really well known for doing these kind of lavish, beautiful cookbooks. So mm. some of those are from my publisher Okay, and I, you know, I do cook from them, but it's, let's, I'm going to be honest. It's not like every night I'm, you know, <laughs> whipping up these elaborate yeah, meals. No. Yeah, they come in handy like occasionally. What's your, what's your your pastry? Your sweet? I love um, trying out chocolate chip cookie recipes specifically. Um, pies. I don't. I'm more interested in cakes recently. Um, so that's sort of new. Um, but I tend to bake in the winter and fall, so we're kind of in baking season right yeah. now. So. Nice. That's exciting. It's layering season. It's leaf season. It's time to bake. Um, time to show some art. Yeah. So um, it's a good time of the year. Yeah. Um, do you go to Ovenly? They got the oh, they got the best chocolate chip cookies. They do have. I actually had them at my wedding. And oh I, wow! Okay. I was you talk- know you know them well. Yeah. Well, because they are like my favorite chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> okay, okay. and. Um, I was on the phone with my mom before um, she was asking what we were doing for the dessert. I was like, we're not doing cake. We're just going to do cookies. There, we have this bakery that's going to, you know, make the cookies for the, um, for the reception. They're vegan. Don't tell dad, like, you know, like just don't tell anyone they're, they're going to be delicious. Um, and everyone was absolutely flabbergasted by the fact (laughs) that they're vegan, you know, after trying them. Yeah. You know, no problem with being vegan, but you know, some of the South Dakota, crowd it isn't the first to push for vegan chocolate chip nor am i frankly i think um but i i've had some absolutely fabulous vegan baking and i think it's one of the best chocolate chip cookies i've ever had yeah damn good all right sam great to chat looking forward to the show okay all right thank you thank you